You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and we've got a full house for you tonight with Dave and Drake. Gentlemen, how are we doing? How are we doing? How are things? Well, you see, Max, I have a built bar in my hand, so I'm doing great. We're not the ad part, Dave. They, they, they got to pay extra for that. <laughs> yeah, usually you got to pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. Today, we've got a, a good show. We're going to talk a little more about this weekend. I know what's on everyone's mind is what can we expect to see on the field, but we're going to start with what can you expect to see not on the field and talk some injury talk, see what we can how we can maybe contextualize the performance you're probably going to see based on who we think is going to be out, what various absences are going to mean for this team, and kind of go from there. Then we're going to talk about what we project quarterback to look like going forward if the injury to Jordan Travis holds, or if it doesn't, how we think he'll come back in. And finally, we're going to have a new segment we're trying. It's important in these times called, if you don't have anything nice to say, that's where we're going to try to end on a positive note. And I'll say at least one nice thing about this football team. Let's dive in with the bad news. And that is injuries. We know that we're probably going to be missing at least two bodies on the O-line, technically three, if you count Dante Lucas following his dismissal or withdrawal from the team. The reality is this sucks. I mean, we were talking about at the beginning of the year before the Notre Dame game, how, the two deep had 110 starts between them, how they played in like 180 games combined. And now that two deep has very quickly become one and a fifth. So it's a 1.2 deep gentlemen. What, what are we going to do here? I mean, do we just have to accept that because we're missing three of our best O linemen, it's going to be a geyser and there's going to be blood everywhere. And it's going to look like the little Mar Jackson game. Or is there, is there someone that, maybe can step up what what's going to happen well apparently robert scott and mo smith actually have been taking snacks at practice the past few days which is actually a very very good sign mo smith i think has been out since the beginning of camp he did try to play against Notre dame but if y'all remember the first series the snaps were very low there's obviously something still that's still hampering him back to me i think the more important part of it is right now because actually we have seen baby on john's actually play decently well at center surprisingly which is one of the things that we were lamenting on entering the year so I'm more focused on seeing if Robert Scott starts. Because if he does start, that's actually huge for us because then maybe we can probably put, you know, Brady, Johnson, Brady Scott back at that swing lineman spot because surprisingly, he's actually been grading out decently well in pass blocking. And as we've seen with this coaching staff, or for some reason or another, they're really adamant with sticking with his passing attacks. Yeah, I mean, we've got to hope that someone steps up. And the, re- the sad part is we just don't have that many guys even with qualifying snaps, right? We've got Darius Washington, Dylan Gibbons, Devontae Love-Taylor, Robert Scott, Babyon Johnson are the only ones, the five of them right now, that are healthy that have taken more than 15 snaps. Um, that's not great. That's not not the O-line we thought we were going to have this year. And I, I don't want to just be pre-excusing the coaching staff, but they're going to have to get super creative. I mean, I, I'm very worried when I see this O-line and I see no McKenzie Milton because – he can't avoid the rush. And if he can't avoid the rush, what do you call just halfback gut every play and hope that a hole opens up for you and you bust enough big runs to beat this team. 
I, I, I frankly don't think the quarterback at this point matters. Uh, Jordan Travis has been sacked more than any quarterback in the country. So there's that. Uh, we are nine. There's nine teams worse than us in the country in sacks allowed. And if you take offensive linemen out of the equation, that we're already the best options that we're allowing that. Oh, baby, that's that's a bad scenario, especially given the fact that we apparently refuse to run the ball when it makes sense. So we're setting ourselves up for bad passing downs. Yeah, I just I don't know how I feel about that running the ball, because you go back and you watch and some other folks made a good point about it. We're not very successful on any kind of run other than getting to the outside. And if our starting tackles out, that means we can only run to the other side. Probably our best run blockers are our wide receivers but I don't know how much of that's a product of them being good at run blocking versus us having to run to the outside so much. But we talked about in pre-production, we saw us run a play against Notre Dame, the two, the two linemen pull. Jay Sean scores a touchdown. Next time it's to a Philly, he almost breaks free, gets about 15 yards. Same play, Jacksonville State stuffed three times. So that option's out. Wake Forest, it was the quick pitch. That option's out because now it's on tape. Like we're running out of ways to creatively run the ball because running is predicated on being able to open holes, not find ones that are just existing or scheme guys into holes. Well, I think the pitch is still available though. Cause mainly the main, the reason that worked is because Wake played almost, I think every, I think 85% of the defensive snaps were in man coverage. So that's why the pitch play worked a lot. So eventually they're going to have, like if we keep doing that pitch play where I think we had like an average of what, 10 to 15 yards, you know, per, per one of those plays, they moved to zone and they actually were able to, you know, play better when we go into zone coverage and that opens up more passing lanes for, you know, Keyshawn Helton or Cameron McDonald. Those those were two of our best receivers that day. So I'm fine with going that route because it may be able to open some more stuff up with the passing game because it looks like we're sticking with that plan for better or for worse. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see more of that shovel pass. We saw McKenzie do against Notre Dame. That was a pretty effective play there. It's almost a mistake free play. I mean, in the NFL, you saw this last weekend, a shovel pass inexplicably get picked off, which I had never seen before, but that's about the safest play we can run, which can keep a defense honest. Right. But we need to advance the ball as well. So when you say, try that pitch a bunch, well, that pitch, the risk is it's going to go for a loss. It, It doesn't go for one yard. It doesn't go for two. It goes for 15 or negative two typically. Uh, the shovel pass, that's the spinning back fist of offensive play calls. It it might work sometimes, but once it's on tape and you know to look for it, it's not going to work. Drake, I, the point of zone versus man, that all you do is you account, you account the robber or you account a linebacker that's going to spy onto the pitch man and you just tell him to look for it. That zone and zone and man, if, if they're dictating their coverage is based on our pitch, I don't. No, I mean, I I mean, they literally looked at the Jacksonville State game and then they literally played exclusively man because they saw how wide receivers could not get any separation and they played a lot of man. And then we played, did the pitch play to the outside, which we had big holes and our wide receivers are already on their man to block them downfield. So if we, Mm -hmm. my thinking is if we do that, then eventually, okay, you know, we have to somewhat at least account for us and stop it a little more. And that may be just maybe be able to open up some holes for a wide ass to actually go off into space because we all know that they are not very good at creating separation as well. So that, to me, is my game plan for that because we that was the only thing that worked on Saturday. So yeah, we need to at least try more a little more of that. I agree, but again, it's like a guy getting a knockout with a flying knee. It's like that can't be our game plan. And I agree, maybe we try it, but now it's on tape. So I would look for that pitch play to not be effective because it's got to come by surprise. And even if you're in man coverage – once you know to look for that and you wreck it, because remember, you have the illegal receiver downfield penalty. 
You also have illegal touching downfield. You also have offensive holding. So the minute a quarterback starts to recognize, oh, this guy's not running a real route and go in, you start having to be really careful about how you're blocking and you're not getting that surprise block of, oh, I thought he was going to run a go route. Now his hands are up in my throat. Now, the big difference here in this game is Louisville's defense is real bad, like bad, bad, worse than ours bad. So Mm -hmm. if there's any game where fundamental things or things that we've already done may actually be able to work, this might be it. Otherwise, I'm convinced we should just go back to, and people are going to hate hearing this, the Jeff Bowden of just throw it up to Greg Carr every time and see if he can make a catch. Well, we don't have Greg Carr, Dave. So well, that landed Greg Carr in the Arena Football League. Saw him play a game in D.C. It was kind of sad. Now, I do want to get to, obviously, the quarterbacks and, and talk a little bit more about what the injury report there is going to mean for the team. But first, I got to tell the folks that if their car is injured, well, they need a doctor. And they don't make doctors for cars. They make you with a wrench and a tool belt or whatever you do when you're working on your car. I don't know. I was going to have something good there, but whatever you do to work on your car, get your parts from rockauto.com guys. It's simple. It's easy to navigate. I was with a car guy this weekend. I double checked him. I said, Hey, he owns his own business. Um, working on cars. And I said, Hey, how is this? He was like, you know, if you don't need to come into my shop for the labor, that's one of the best places you can get your parts from. So go to rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. But yeah, man, I, you know, I think Moose Lewis, when we had him on the show, one of the times he's a high school coach at Godby, which is a multi-time state champion program in Tallahassee. And he's worked with some really solid players. And he kind of made the point of, look, when you're getting beat, you shouldn't try to go to the trickery. You should go to your base. Like that's when you have to say, look, let's just do our base stuff. And I, I know it didn't Drake funny enough, even though you're advocating for plays like that pitch, I, I almost feel like you're going to agree with me here as well. That's what's bugging me about this coaching staff is we saw him do this last year where it's like, guys, don't be so cute. Like to Dave's point, Louisville, Dave, you can tell me the number, but I know they're in the bottom 50% of teams on defense. Just 94th. go to your base, 94th out of 130. Just go to your base stuff and at least try to run that offense. And if it's not working, mix some stuff in. But we saw it against Wake. You try to take a weird deep shot on a third and three, you get sacked and now you, you know, you either have to go for it on a fourth and seven or punt it. Whereas if they just run up the gut and even only gotten one yard, well, maybe then the wildcat does get them a first down on fourth down. So it's like, guys, don't get too cute for your own good here. But the problem is their base stuff is running up the middle and we cannot run block for shit right now. So what is going to be our new base? I think is the question moving forward. And the only thing that seemed to work was that pitch play. But also to your point is, those deep shots to players that like that that pick on Mackenzie Milton, I think the last pick that was the kind of like the borderline hail, hail Mary. I don't blame that mainly on him. I blame that more on Cajun Hill not going for the ball at the point of attack and literally just like not even fighting off a linebacker to gra- grab that ball or turn around even quicker. Like to well, me, that's, that's a whole that's a whole nother can of worms. Oh yeah, because no, like that's lamented amazing. the Keyshawn choice. I mean, you've made him your number one receiver and he should be your slot guy. You've got three guys over six three. One of them should be your number one receiver that runs those routes. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Look, to the, to the point of going back to the basics, Louisville's bottom 25 in the country in run defense. They're not good at sacking the quarterback. We should be able, given that, to attempt simple running plays and attempt short passes. I mean, this should be a game where we maybe have to play a Michigan State-type football of, like, really boring football, but that gets the job done. And we should be able to against – 
anybody on our schedule, maybe except for UMass, be able to do that against this bad Louisville defense? Yeah, terrible, terrible Louisville defense. <laughs> well, and I think there's there's room in the middle between what you and I are saying, Drake. It, when I say go to your base, it doesn't mean never take shots, but this this coaching staff gets away from it too quickly. So even though running up the middle is not necessarily working every time, you still just keep trying it, and then the shots like that pitch – yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Shot over the top. Then those work. Yeah, we're on the we're, yeah, down. we're yeah, we're on the same page with that. Like, I'm not trying. I'm not yeah. saying never ever take a shot. I'm never right. saying you know only take shots. No, I, it's just like the problem is like this is what I said uh, on Tuesday. I don't think Norvell is good at making in-game adjustments. I don't think Dillingham don't think so is good at making in-game adjustments either. If their plan A doesn't work, I don't think they have a sufficient enough plan B to cover that up. And that's kind of where my situation is because the base has always been those quick runs. And the Wildcat. We didn't see the Wildcat once last week at all, especially after we were all telling them, please. Well, it's because they, they listened to Locked On Seminoles and they heard. Oh, so, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 100%. The first they, thing they listen to when they get in their car, Locked On Seminoles. Second oh. thing is Locked On Fantasy Football because you know they got to get that lineup set. And then they go back to Locked On ACC to see what you're yelling about over there. And, you know, it's just, it's why they didn't run the Wildcat. Only explanation. But let's talk about the right. quarterbacks because we've talked about shots. We've talked about base. And the question is, yeah. With either quarterback in, can we do it? And now we're going to get the answer of, can we do it with KZ? Because it sounds like we're hearing very Jordan Travis-y talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think really changes with KZ out there? I know we basically saw one KZ game, and that was Jacksonville State. Do you think we throw that often with him out there? Or do you think that was more of a Jacksonville State thing, and maybe we see a different McKenzie? What are y'all expecting on Saturday? I'm going to give you two points here. The KZ experience should work in this game. I, I have full confidence in it. And I will I will shout from the mountaintops that I was dead wrong if this isn't it. And here's the reason why. Louisville's average allowing an average passer rating of 175. That's bottom 15 in the country. That's their quarterbacks average they allow. that's their average. Quarterbacks have gotten the job done against that defense this year. And I think part of the problem you've seen with the quarterbacks is for both of them, how do you get in a rhythm when you're not sure if you're going to play the next series? I mean totally take style Take styles out of it. It's it's really tough to get it into a rhythm with receivers, with yourself, just to, to get the slow the speed of the game down when you're coming in and out. So I think if he's going to play a full game, I think that should allow him to play more consistently than we've seen thus far. I will say, Dave, I think that was the dumbest thing I've heard from this coaching staff yet was the let's alternate each series and who gets the hot hand. I mean, how different is football series to series? It's like golf. It's like, hey, you play one hole, and then if you if you bogey it, we're gonna put your partner in. Like you got to be able to get into a rhythm, right? You can't. What what if the series start at different places? What if the play calls need to be different because the looks they're getting? There's just it, I thought that was such a terrible terrible decision. And I'm gonna say, by the way, looking back on some of the stuff I've lamented about with the coaching staff, some of it's not necessarily as much their fault, but I think that was just an awful decision. That and number two, the dumbest decision they made, Jay Sean's fumble. Dude, that's peewee stuff. When you're starting running back fumbles the ball, the very next play you call is a run play to that running back. You don't stick him on the bench for 12 minutes, letting him think about what happened on the field. Yeah, this coaching staff, I'm done, I'm, I'm done with them uh, until further notice personally. With KZ, I mean, I don't count the Jacksonville State game kind of as a start because you can tell from the play calling, they treat that as trying all this cute stuff and it costs the game. Against Wake, that was probably his first real test against actual competition for the first time in, what, two and a half years? So the rust is definitely there. 
To me, though, I think this is his last chance to like basically solidify himself as the starter, as, as in my personal opinion. Because if he loses game, you go to Syracuse, which is a game that you should win. And also, this might be the first time where he knows, like Dave said, that there's not another quarterback breathing down his neck for, for snaps at all whatsoever. It does a lot for your quarterback's, for your quarterback's confidence if he knows that going in. Two, I hopefully expect Robert Scott to start the game, and that will definitely help along the offensive line. And also, apparently, we're going to be getting new uh, personnel you know, in the wideout spots, and also we probably should be getting DJ Williams back. So he's going to have a lot more weapons in the arsenal. So against a really bad defense, he should succeed. And if he doesn't, you don't play him the rest of the year. And I've been a big KZ fan since, you know, since he transferred over. Like, if he doesn't play well at all, I think he's done. I don't want to see another snap from, from him there. And honestly, I think you go with someone like with Jordan Travis. I know he's not, he's not the better passer. Quite frankly, I don't think he's developed that much either. But for Syracuse, that's a must-win game. And for his skill set, he matches up with Syracuse much better because of his legs. And if he struggles there, you bench them both and just go with the rest of the year because I'm just sick and tired of losing at this point. Yeah, just keep trying the next quarterback until we get a different result because at a certain point, what are you going to do? I'm looking Insanity. at KZ. Well, I'm looking at KZ's throwing right now, and most of his throws come on non-play action. His best passer rating is when he throws off of play action, so I'd like to see a little bit more of that. He's 68.5% completions, uh, one touchdown, but two interceptions off of play action. He is 100% completions in the screen uh, for 5.9 yards in attempt, so Maybe throw some more screens because he's only throwing yeah. nine of them. And, you know, it's funny when you have a bad O-line and you have a quarterback that maybe doesn't have the strongest arm to push it down the field and you've got good running backs, you'd think you'd see more than nine screens over three games. Now, I know that's just KZ, so Travis has probably thrown, let's say, just as many. But I'd probably like to see him go to the screen a little bit more, wouldn't you think? Yeah, because yeah, we have receivers them. that can block. And we have receivers yeah. that can block. That's by the way, by the way. At running back screens because uh KZ's I don't need to see him throw any more to the boundary. Like his screen pass is the, it, they're both bad, not oh as my bad, God. but it's reminiscent of Alex Hornybrook. How just, I mean, dude, his arm is a water pistol, but it's, it's bad. It, you know, here's the other thing too. And, and this is kind of the last thing we'll say on this point. Um, or I could just read people grades, but I, I, I think Travis has developed as a passer. I think he hasn't run that much this year because they haven't really just said, okay, Travis, go play backyard football. And if he comes back, they got to start letting him do more of that because for better or for worse, that got you a win against North Carolina last year. And we need something to spark this team. And it, I don't know. We can't keep following the Mike Norvell, Kenny Dillingham, where everything seems to be planned out pregame. And that's the biggest thing I'm going to look for this week is, does it look like we're responding to what's happening on the field? Or does it look like they're just looking at their script going, wait, wait, do we script this out? I'll say this. If you do see Chubba Birdie in this game, which, you know, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing, I think that's the coaching staff resigning to, yep, on to 2022. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. But before we do our segment of if you can't say anything nice, folks, sweat block, I already told you once, I told you a hundred times, get on it. It's a variety of products. I use the main wipes. You basically hit the shower. You hit, you know, under your arms, whatever. Uh, you go to bed next morning, wash it off. And it keeps you sweating down throughout the week. I today had to work out in the living room and I, I don't know, I had a long sleeve shirt on because I used to live up North. If you've listened to this pod for a while. And I still think that when you wake up in the morning in September, it's going to be cold. So I threw on the long sleeve to take my daughter to school. It of course is 91 degrees here at seven in the morning. Either way, I was out there and I noticed, man, I am comfortably dry right now. 
That's thanks to Sweatblock. You can get it at CVS. You can get it on Amazon or go to sweatblock.com and use promo code locked on to get yourself a little discount. And gentlemen, I'm going to bring you back in for this one. BetOnline.ag line of the day. We got like 20 seconds left. Does anyone have one for me that they want to throw out for the people? All right, Max, I got a good one for you. I like making money. So you know what I'm going to bet on? I'm going to take Louisville with the pick them. Please don't do that. Because I, uh, I burned money last week. I lit it on fire. It wasn't fun. Yeah, 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 that's tough. Were there a pick them really? At home? It opened at minus one. Now it's a minus two and a half, so that's not pick them anymore. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that's – gosh, we're when... – all right, we can talk about this. Look, guys, betonline.ag. Uh, go make your account. Promo code locked on. You'll get a welcome bonus. It's great. It's free money. Take it. Bet it. We'll give you more picks on Saturday with Danny's Dominoes. Gosh, when was the last time that that Florida State was like, I guess it happened a few times last year, probably the year before, but like we are home dogs these days to teams the likes of Louisville. Yeah, it's a, been a been a long fall from Grace. Growing up, that wasn't that wasn't a thing. I mean, we would be 40 point favorites over Louisville not that long ago. Oh, and and you yeah. know, these are the kind of games where you get like your walk-ons game time at the end. And now we're going to be lucky if we get a win in this game. Maybe not lucky, but uh, we're going to need some things to break our way. It's just, it's incredible. It's sad. Yeah. And I think we're going to talk about this tomorrow in our patented know your foe series. Uh, 247 can take the name all they want, but we invented it and whatever, we're going to keep it too. So battle of the bands here, boys. I'm sure we'll talk about some of our keys to victory, but we've got to find a way to have luck on our side. Like, I know that sounds weird and it's like, Max, what do you mean? But you can kind of influence your own luck, right? Like when it's fourth and 15 or fourth and 10, whatever it is, don't give the punter a chance to flop into you. Just stay out of his way. Like you didn't need, you don't need to block that one. You know, if you go out of bounds, really make an effort to hold the guy up because you know, these refs like to screw you. Like we're going to have to make our, you know, intercept a screen pass and run it back for a touchdown. Like we did against North Carolina. Like, we got to find a way to get some of these breaks that have trended against us all year to trend toward us, or we're not going to win this game. I feel like, but anyway, can't say anything nice. That's the segment. Gentlemen, let's let the people go with one nice thought about Florida state before we head into a huge weekend of know your foe on Friday and Danny's dominoes on Saturday. So what I will say is I think that this staff has been doing a lot behind the scenes to a keep their jobs but B, to give me some hope for the future. I know it's September, but seeing that Travis Hunter's still locked in, seeing that A.J. Duffy's still locked in, it, it, I don't know. It just it, it is like, like at least something's headed in the right direction, right? And that is so sad that we have to look forward to like incoming freshmen to give us hope but at least we have that. Like, could you imagine if right now we had Miami's recruiting class, how we'd feel? Not good, Bob. Uh, Yeah, I got something nice to say. I got something nice to say. We have two running backs right now that are averaging more than six and a half yards of carry. Uh, Between the two of them, they're averaging over seven yards of carry. Uh, Jay Sean Corbin, Trey Sean Ward have been good running backs in spite of the fact that we've had bad run blocking, haven't had a real passing game to keep defenses honest. We need to find ways to give them the ball and or just give them the ball and see what happens because they've done it so far. Yeah, don't find ways. Just hand it to them. Also, can we just call them the Shawns collectively now? I feel like Ooh, I like that. Right. 
or nice. or two, yeah. or we should call two Sean. Two Sean. I like I like I like two Sean actually a lot. Better. Actually, we could call him. That's pretty good. Or we should call him Deshawns because it's like no Deshawns. No, I like two Sean. Two Sean's a lot better. Two Sean. Okay, better. so that's official. We're gonna call him two Sean. Oh, like two Sean Arizona. <laughs> Great. Just oh, so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually glad you. I'm actually glad you're doing these bad jokes. It's giving me a lot more time to think of something positive with this team. Does it have to be the team? Can I do admin too, or do I can I pick? Or does it have to talk about how much you just love Adam Fuller's haircut? Uh, One positive I actually can take away from this team is the class twenty twenty one kids, and that's primarily like a Malik McLean. Not just start just the young kids in general. Malik McLean, Sidney Williams, like out there actually playing really really well. Joshua Burrell when he played the one game, but we haven't seen him since. Same with Jacob Douglas Douglas as well. Darren Williamson. The young kids actually are showing up and showing out. And that kind of like leads me to like, you know, what my point earlier with the personnel decisions is more what I'm kind of pissed off about. But yeah, one positive about these kids, actually, I think Norvell did find some good kids. Now, hopefully he can use them because that's, I think he, they, they, I think they give us the best chance to win moving forward. No, but look, I think you're seeing a legitimate culture shift. And that is the one thing that really does give me optimism for Norvell, because it's not just the 2021 kids, it's the transfers he brought in. I think you said earlier in the week, like we're hearing Jermaine Johnson is the one that's corralling that locker room. I'm over here like, oh, is he going to check out? You're like, no, man, he's he's he is the leader in there. And we know that um, Fabian Lovett has really turned a corner. We know that I guess he transferred two years ago. We know that KZ, while he's not performing the way we thought he would, he hasn't quit yet. I mean, we talk about the youth movement, but here's what I will say versus last year. These older guys haven't quit yet. Keyshawn hasn't quit. Ontario hasn't quit yet. And while that sounds like a low standard, I do think when you're losing anyway and you're not going to be a great team, it sends a really bad message culturally to start benching seniors who are actually trying. I'm not saying give them participation trophies, but I do think that that has to be a consideration of what are you saying to these young kids that if Keyshawn's learned the playbook, learned the routes, you shouldn't be throwing downfield to him, but he's still going for contested catches, even though he's five nine, and you pull him off the field. I don't think that means we won't see the youth movement start to take over, but I don't think you do it three games in. I think you'll see a more gradual handoff versus Keyshawn, you're not performing, hop on the bench, you know? And you know what else you're seeing? You're seeing the 2022 recruits, including and especially our elite ones, also not give up on it. And I'm not sure the two aren't somewhat related. Agreed. I think that last year, again, you saw a team quit and it shouldn't be that standard at Florida State. Oh, just don't quit. But folks, if we've seen it three years in a row, it's positive to not see it this year. So if we can at least keep trying, we can keep plugging along, we can keep doing our best. I am confident that we will be the best team in Tallahassee in the, in the northern central corners of the panhandle. Of Florida this year. And with that, I'm Max. That was Drake. That was Dave. Didn't have Holly, didn't have Stacy, but they'll be back later next week. And this was Locked On Seminoles. I love you, Travis Hunter. To Sean, Arizona. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love how you think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's always pretty funny. <laughs>